Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Can I ask you to put the seat belt on? Put the seat belt on. Cannot leave. Cannot go to the bathroom. You have to listen to this message. Today is going to be a little bit heavy message. But I think sometimes we need some steak, not just only some hors d'oeuvre. So you cannot run away. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some cowed slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, may your Holy Spirit be the teacher today. I'm just your vessel to speak for you, Lord. It's not that Pastor Lao is teaching them, but it's you, Lord, who is teaching your people, Lord. I surrender to you. I ask for your help to speak to your people and to reveal the truth of God to them, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How many people believe that God is not slack at all? Some people blame God. They say that I'm waiting for God to do something. But actually, God is never slack. He is waiting for you to do something. He is ready to help you anytime. It's your responsibility to respond to God. The second question is, does God want anybody to perish? Zero. He wants zero amount of people to perish. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the world right now are perishing. They are perishing financially, Family-wise, they are perishing in their health. They have sickness and disease. They have broken home, problems after problems. It's not God's fault. But God say that He has the way out of that destruction. He has the way out of the problem, the curses, the turmoil in their life. And this is the way back to fellowship with God. Everyone say the way out. The way back. And that way is called repentance. Repentance is an alternative to destruction. If you repent of your wrong behavior and wrong attitude, God going to get you out from destruction. And you shall have victory in your life. A lot of people thought that the word repentance is a negative word. Actually, it's not a negative word. You rarely hear this word in the church today. People don't want to touch this issue. But I'm going to speak directly to you. Repentance is a gift from God. And it's a gift that will take you out from calamity and the destructive situation in your life. If you walk with Him in repentance, you shall have victory. 
Second Timothy chapter two verses twenty four to twenty five, the Bible say, "As a servant of the Lord, must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them, it's a gift from God, will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth." God is willing to grant repentance to our heart, and the Lord still using us to help people to repent. And how we can do that? We need to be cool. We need to be patient. We need to be gentle. We need to be humble. We cannot win people to God by being upset, being prideful, being angry. Quarreling all the time, have a long face all the time. We need to be humble. We need to be patient and be cool toward people. Listen to people. Haughty eyes and prideful spirit cannot save souls. We need to go to people with a humble heart. That's what the Bible say. If you want to help your spouse, your unbelieving parents, your friends at work to come to God. And come to repentance. You need to approach them in humility, and also patience, and also long suffering. People will not respond well if we are prideful or we yell at them and we say something pridefully. Some Christians are very prideful because they think that they know the Bible a lot. They know Greek and Hebrew. They have. A lot of experiences with God. So when they approach unbeliever or approach people who are living in sin, they come with a very prideful attitude. You know better. Stop right now. You must repent. Yell at them and quarrel with them. That's not going to help. The Bible says we need to come to them with a humble heart. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty six. The Bible says that they may come to their senses. If you try to help people in prayer and loving and also humility, they may come to their senses and then escape the snare of the devil. When people are living in sin, the devil will try to destroy them, put the snare into their life, the trap to destroy them. They have been being taken captive by him to do his will. Do you notice one thing? The Bible say that if we or anybody repents, God gonna restore that person, get that person out of the trap of the enemy, and bring that person to that victory. Maybe no one even pray for that person. No one even lay hand anything. Just repent yourself. Repentance is very important. Is the way to victory. Is the way out of the bondage. Is the way out of destruction. Is the way out from turmoil and preaching. Thank God, in our God, in Jesus' name, we always have the second chance. In Jesus' name, we always have restoration and forgiveness. We have the chance to come out from destruction and move into victory. In Jesus' name, but we have to do our part. He already provided for us the victory. 
what we need to do is to repent, to change our mind, to agree with God, and turn away from our sinful way, and walk with God in obedience. Second Timothy chapter four verses one to three. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today to show you that this is not my own idea. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when He appears to set up His kingdom. One day, everybody gonna have to stand before God. You know, I really live in the fear of God for a few reasons. Number one, God is good to me. Number two, I realize that one day I'm going to stand before God, and He's going to expose everything I do, either in front of people or behind the scene. Number three, I don't want my kids, my grandkids, to be judged and to live in the curse. I choose the blessing. I choose to obey God. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I try to do that as a pastor. Correct, rebuke, encourage God's people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people listen carefully, and this is happening today in this generation. And I pray that our members will not be this type of Christians. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. If you like that, this is not your church, for sure, because I'm not gonna tickle your ear. I'm gonna tell you upfront the truth from the Bible. The truth. Will make you solemn, will make sometimes make you cry and make you feel like, oops, and you sit down and be quiet. But the truth will set you free. Amen. You know, need to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Two days ago, I went to a beach. We want to swim in a beach called Sandy Beach in Oahu. And we took our two grandchildren there, six years old. We're gonna walk down to the beach and swim in the ocean. And then the guard say, "Uh, uh, 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 no, 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 no. This beach is not for six years old kid because the wave is too strong. And if you get the six years old kids in there, the kids gonna be sucked out into the sea because the wave come in like this and pulled out." We have to change to another beach. We have to drive another half an hour. Why? Because the truth set us free. If that God did not tell us the truth, which we were not happy, I was not happy. I was the one who drove the car, and had to drive another half an hour. It's not fun. So I was not happy, but that truth saved my grandchildren. They need to tell us the truth. In the same way, when you come to church. It's the job of the pastor to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Second Timothy four four to five, they will reject the truth. Hmm. I hope you are not that type of Christians. Chase after myths, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. When you preach the truth, people may persecute you, may give you a hard time. Work at telling others the good news. Fully carry out the ministry of God that has given you. 
This is the fact of life. I learned as a pastor. Not everybody on this planet Earth wants to hear the truth. They want to hear the message that just meet their desire and meet their need. If something good to them tickle their ear, they love it. But when they hear the truth, they walk away. They could not stand it. But actually, that is not wise, because in fact, we can live a victorious life if we know the truth of God. We need to know what is right and what is wrong, what is the truth and what is a deception. We need to be able to differentiate the truth and the deception from the enemy. Otherwise, we walk into the deception. We're gonna be destroyed by the enemy. So we need to know the truth. We are living in the entertainment generation. Even the church embraced that kind of mentality in the church. Coffee stand, nice thing to entertain me. The message is diluted so that people will feel good in the church. It's not going to happen in New Hope International Church because as a medical doctor, you you need to understand one thing. I promise God, I'm not here for numbers. I'm not here to please anybody. I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to tell you what God wants me to tell you. If you don't like it, too bad. But you like it, you can get to know the truth, and you shall be victorious. I'm not here to make any business, to gain income from anybody. Whether you're rich or you're a millionaire, I'm not gonna please you. I'm gonna tell you the truth, and the truth. To set you free. Can you imagine? You go to see a doctor, and the doctor know that you have a brain tumor, and he keep lying to you. It's okay. It's okay, la. Don't worry. Don't treat it. Don't deal with it. And in a few years, you will die because the brain tumor will grow. But if the doctor tell you the truth, you have a brain tumor here. You need an operation. You may not like that message. But it will fix your life, and you can go on again. The same thing in the church. You come to see Jesus. Jesus is our doctor. He needs to tell you the truth. If you are wrong in some area, you need to know so you can repent. Because you don't repent and you keep walking the wrong way, you're gonna get into trouble one day. Amen. Jude chapter one verse three. Beloved, why I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend or to fight earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude wrote to the believer in that generation that we need to fight for the original gospel, for the original faith of the gospel. What is the original faith of the gospel? The original message of the gospel is that man is a sinner. Man can be born again if he repents and believes in the good news, and he has the Lord Jesus as the Lord of his life, and he need to repent of his sin. That is the original gospel message. The reason Jude wrote this message to the church at that generation because. There were some people who seek to change, to twist, to alter, and to dilute the gospel message. That happened two thousand years ago, and still happen today. I read some books, 
that say that we don't need to repent anymore. We don't need to ask God for forgiveness anymore. And they used some reason in the Bible. Jude 1.4 say, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness or into loose life, into evil and sinful life, and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people believe in the wrong message of grace, the twisted message of grace. They say that Jesus already died for me. Jesus has forgiven my sin 2,000 years ago. He paid a price for me. Therefore, I can live whatever I want. I can live a sinful life. I can live a loose life, evil life. It's okay. I sin today. Tomorrow, God forgive me because of the grace of God covered on me. I can do whatever I want. And that is a twist message of the gospel. It's a perversion of the message of grace. I want to tell you, we are not saved by grace alone. Listen carefully. If we, are not, if we are saved by grace or by the death of Jesus Christ alone, the whole world will be saved. Because 2,000 years ago, by the grace of God, the Father sent Jesus into the earth. He bore the sins and the curse of every mankind from the past to the future. Every person who has ever lived and will live on earth. The sins and the curse of all these people were put on the body of Jesus Christ on that day at the cross. He did it by grace. Therefore, if humanity is saved by grace alone, the God-hater, the blasphemer, the evildoers, everyone who curse God and hate the Bible and hate God will be saved. Is that right? Because you're saved by grace alone, Jesus already died for everybody on earth. He already paid a price for everybody on earth. But we are not just saved by grace alone. We are justified by faith. We receive the grace by faith. And through faith will come with obedience. Amen? If we don't repent and we still play game with God, we may not make it to heaven. I'm going to read many scriptures later on. I know this is a very strong message, but I don't want to be surprised when I get to heaven. Where is that man? He signed up a member of the church. Where is he? He's not in heaven. Oh, that would be quite shock to me because some of my members don't make it to heaven because they don't repent. They live a loose life by following the perversion of the grace message. The Bible says clearly in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Are you following me? I know this is a very tough message. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. Listen carefully, the last sentence. For whatever is not from faith is sin. You are not saved by grace alone. You must have faith in the grace of God and in what Jesus did. And after you're saved by your own, 
your your faith, you take action of faith. He take action of grace. We do our part. He did his part. After we believe in his grace, we walk into the new gen, new relationship with God. Then every day we need to walk by faith, because if we don't walk by faith, we are sinning against God. When I was giving tithe a while ago, I was given by faith. Before I come up to preach here, I pray to God. God help me to preach today. I don't want to be man and man. I want to be God speaking to you. I began to preach by faith because if I don't do that, I sin against God. Amen. And when you have faith, it means that whatever God say, you say yes, Lord. I do it. I have faith in you. I trust you. You are my Lord and my Savior. Therefore, I don't believe. If you read the Scripture, the doctrine of one saved is always saved. I'm going to show you from the Scripture that doctrine is totally wrong. You saved ten years ago, and you can live any way you want, lose life, and you can always be saved. That is not right. Look at what Jude say in Jude chapter one verses five to six and seven. This. Three scripture talk about three kinds of people, but I want to remind you, though, you once knew this, you once knew the true gospel, that the Lord, having saved that people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. The story about the children of Israel coming out from slavery in Egypt is a picture of believers today. Egypt is representing the kingdom of darkness. Pharaoh represents Satan. Slavery of the Jews at that generation represent human being who don't know Jesus and still living in the slavery to sin, in darkness. Moses is a type of Jesus Christ. He took this sinner out. Of Egypt, walked through the wilderness, and when they came out from Egypt, the first thing they have to do is to worship God and say, "God, I come into Your presence now. I want to repent. I want to get right." He began to give the law through Moses and say, "Follow the law. You need to repent. No more idols. No more idolatry. No more sexual immorality. You need to live according to the law of God now." And after that, they enter the promised land, the promised land on earth, and the promised land in heaven. And Jude say, some people did not make it; some people died because of their rebellion. This is a picture, spiritual picture, that as a believer we come out from Egypt, but if you keep rebelling against God and do whatever we want, we may not make it to heaven. Let me read one more time. Having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe, those who did not walk by faith, those who don't repent will not make it to heaven. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chain under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Another. Group of things in the spirit in this scripture talk about fallen angels. 
fallen angels, Satan, and evil spirit will never be saved. They were beyond repentance already. They reject God, and they will never repent. They will be in the internal lake of fire. The third group of people, Jude chapter one verse seven. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They served as an example of those who suffered the punishment of eternal fire. The book of Genesis chapter 19 verse 24 say that the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. This is a third group of people. The third group are those who never, never repent and born again at all. They continue to live in sin. They continue to enjoy the sinful life like Gordon and Samara. And eventually, they're going to face the final judgment in the eternal lake of fire. Brother and sister, I know that this is not a fun message to hear about repentance, about punishment, about fire. But I think we need to know. The reason I fear God because I don't want to be in hell. And the reason I try to make the right choice every day because I want my kids, Joy, Paul, Tanida, my son-in-law, and my grandchildren to go to heaven. I need to be example to them. Amen? I realize that there is hell. It's not a popular subject to talk in the church nowadays. But we must know that there is hell, an eternal lake of fire, so that the fear of God will rise up and we stop playing around. We need to repent and get right with God. Amen? There is heaven and there is hell. I hope that we will be, our name will be in the book of life, not another book. There will be two books on the judgment day. One called the Lamb's Book of Life. Another book is for the non-believers or people who don't repent. I hope my name is not in that second book. My name is in the book of life. Please don't use the grace of Jesus Christ to live in immorality, in cheating, perversion, lose life, sexual immorality, because we don't want to get into the situation like Jude mentioned here. Amen? John 21, verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. If we write about the story of Jesus and about what he said in those three years, this book is not enough. It will be big book that the world cannot contain. But what is written in this book is handpicked by the Holy Spirit. So I believe that the Bible, listen carefully, the Bible was written for everybody on earth. Every verse in the Bible was written for non-believers to read, for believers to read, for the Jews to read, for the born-again 
to the new believers, to the old believers to read. Every verse in the Bible is written by God for everybody on earth. The reason I have to say this because there's some teacher in the body of Christ who say certain verses for non-believers, certain verses for the Jews, and certain verses for us believers. It's not true. Every verse in the Bible is for everybody on earth to read. Amen. It was handpicked by God. Luke thirteen twenty three. Someone asked him, "Lord, are only a few people going to be saved?" He said to them. The question is, a lot of people going to be saved to go to heaven, or a few people? That is the question. There are billions of people on earth today, and there will be billions of people on earth if Jesus does not come back. There are millions of people, thousand years ago, billion, millions of people. Somebody asked Jesus. How many of them gonna go to heaven? How many of them gonna be saved? Look at his answer. Luke thirteen twenty four to twenty six. Make every effort. Everyone say, make every effort. Wow, you need to take it serious to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, the door of heaven, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, "Sir, open the door for us." But he will answer, "I don't know you, and where you come from." Then you will say, "We ate and drank with you while we have lunch time at New Hope International Church. We go to the." Autumn festival party with your church, and you taught in our street. I even sit down every Sunday to listen to the preaching of Pastor Lau. But why can't I go into the door? What happened here? I ate lunch at your church every other Sunday. I even listen to the good teaching, but you close the door on me. Wow, that's what Jesus tried to say. Be serious. Make every effort to enter that narrow door. He tried to say that many people are not going to get into heaven. Many, but only a few will get in. A few of billions people mean millions. Is that right? Millions of people will get in, but compared to the population in the world, a lot of people will not get in. Therefore, I preach this message today to remind you why we are having the opportunity to repent and to believe in Jesus, to change the way we live, to get right with God. Do it now. We don't know we have tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Don't wait. Repent every single day. Have faith in God every single day, amen. Many Christians have this kind of mentality. Oh, I know all the Bible. Yeah, I can even teach the Bible. I don't care. I know I can live whatever I want. I'm under grace, so I don't care. And I think that's what Jesus talked about in this scripture in verse 26. They go to church. They think they know the Bible. 
They read the Bible. They even eat dinner with the brother and sister in the church. But Jesus said, "I don't know you." It's scary to me. I know this is not a popular message, but I want to remind you: please repent. Please follow what He say. Don't play game with God anymore. Luke chapter 13, 27 to 28, I continue to read. But he will reply, I don't know you and where you come from, away from me, all you evil doers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. I hope this will not be the conversation between Jesus and the members of New Hope International Church. That you are thrown out, you are not getting into heaven. And he called evil doers. You may see Abraham in heaven, you see Jacob in heaven, you see all the prophets, but you cannot get there. You're thrown into the place where there is gnashing of teeth, suffering. For eternity, Matthew seven, thirteen to fourteen. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Many people like the wide gate, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. How many people want to be counted in that a few? A few. I want to be counted as a few. I don't want to go through the wide gate. I want. I don't want to go to the place of torment. I don't want to go to eternal lake of fire. I want to go through the narrow gate to get to heaven. This kind of teaching will not tickle your ear, but will wake you up. And you can repent every day from now on. Be the right kind of Christian. Be the biblical Christian. Amen. Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles. That's why Pastor Lau and Pastor Da are not thrilled about signs and wonders. Yes, we love signs and wonders. A while ago, when we worship God, I pray, God, heal the sick, cast demons out of people here, perform miracles of finances and everything, Lord. I go for miracles. But miracles will not thrill me. The most important thing to thrill me is people love God, do the will of God, grow up, walk uprightly, repent of their sin, and be the right kind of Christian. That is the most important thing to me. Okay? Because that scripture say, you perform miracles, but you don't make it to heaven. Then I would tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Brother and sister, anytime you read the Bible, anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to you something, or you listen to the sermon, and you know that you are not living right. You are in the wrong direction. Could you please repent right away? Don't 
give excuses. Don't try to argue with God. Don't try to do gymnastics with the Bible. Just repent. Say, God, yes, you are right. I'm wrong. I repent right now. Amen. That should be the way we live. Mark chapter nine, forty-five to forty-six. I'm going to read many scripture to show you what Jesus said. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life, mean enter heaven, lame, rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. This is this very strong word that Jesus say. He tried to wake us up and say, "Sin is serious." If your foot make you sin, cut it off. Don't play with it. Get rid of it. It's ugly. It's yucky. It's bad. It's cause destruction. Cause curses in your life. Get rid of sin ASAP. That's what he tried to say. Because otherwise you may not get to heaven. Matthew thirteen forty one to forty two, the Son of Man will send out his angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. He will gather all things that offend God and those who practice lawlessness. So one side will be people who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Is this from the mouth of Jesus? Huh? This is not my words. This is not my own thinking. A lot of people think that, oh, this is just the symbol. There's no real hell. There's no real gnashing of teeth. It's just a symbol. Yes, it's real. Jesus warns us: take serious. There is real hell, and people who are evil doers gonna be cast into the eternal lake of fire. I know a lot of good scripture today. Are you glad I read this? Matthew 25. Maybe once a year we should. Preach this kind of message to warn people. Matthew twenty-five, twenty-nine to thirty. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, Jesus talk about hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what is the solution to purging, to destruction, to turmoil, to difficulties, to problem in life? What is the way out? You have faith in Jesus, and you repent of your sin. Jesus say, "The kingdom of God is near." Believe in the good news and repent of your sin. Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, "Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels." God did not create hell for human beings, but unfortunately, many human beings, many, are following the devil. And those people will be with them, with the fallen angels and the devil for eternity. 
verse 46, 25-46. And this will go away into everlasting punishment and the righteous into eternal life. Which one you choose? Everlasting punishment or eternal life? Which one? Eternal life. I don't want to go to everlasting punishment. I want to enjoy my life forever in heaven. I don't want to be tormented and tortured in hell forever. I want to go to heaven. I want to get right with God. Amen? Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Today I read a lot of scripture. 4 to 9. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you do, you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. When people persecute you, God is going to repay for you. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Jesus is going to come back the second time. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction. Everyone say everlasting. People who reject God, People who don't want to repent are going to face everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. My dear brother and sister, this is serious. We need to really pray for unbelieving spouse and unbelieving loved ones. Serious. How many people have unbelieving loved ones in your life? your dad, your mom, your brother, sister. Do you want them to go to everlasting destruction? I hope not. I can do the best to my children and grandchildren. I don't want my grandchildren to be lost in hell. That's my first responsibility. But at the same time, I need to care for my dad. I'm glad my mom was saved. She definitely was saved before she passed away. I need to be concerned about my brother my sister-in-law, my nephew, because I understand that there is everlasting destruction. It's not a popular subject, but we need to know. Revelation 20, 10 to 11, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. On the last day when Jesus came back, on the great white throne, some people tried to run away, but they could not run away. God is so big. He created the heavens and the earth. He's bigger than the Pacific Ocean. He's bigger than the star in the sky. You cannot run away from Him. We all going to stand before God. On that day at the great white throne, there will be a dreadful day for somebody, 
but it's gonna be awesome day for some of us who can stand and receive the reward from God. And Jesus smiled and put the thumb up, good and faithful servant, come in and rejoice. I have prepared reward for you. We're going to stand on that day. That day will come. My dear brother and sister, death, the first death, you cannot avoid. We all will die. The second death, we can avoid. That is hell. There are two deaths. First death, second death. Before we go to the first death, we're all going to get old and die. Prepare yourself. Don't waste your time any longer. Start from today after you listen to this message. You begin to live right. Make sure you get into heaven. Two, you start to accumulate rewards in heaven. Live right. Serve the Lord. Live for the kingdom of God. Because you and I will stand before the, king, before the throne of God. Look at what the Bible says. Verses 12 to 14. And they saw the dead. And small and great, no matter celebrity or president or king or the poorest people, the richest people, billionaire, going to stand before Jesus, stand before God. And books were open, two books. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. You're going to be judged according to the way you live and your works. By the things which were written in the books. Salvation to go to heaven is by faith and repentance. But rewards in heaven is by your deeds, what you do on earth. According to what you work on earth here. Okay? So you have to really tune up your life now. Don't live loose life anymore. Because that day, no more chance anymore. When you stand before God, it's done. The book will be open. No second chance at that time. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades deliver up the dead who were in them. People who die before Jesus come back will be in death and Hades. They will come back again to meet Jesus, to meet the Father. They will judge and each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. People who reject God, who live sinful life, will be cast into the eternal lake of fire. People who live for God will go to heaven and live there for eternity with rewards. Verse 15, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to go to heaven. There is no sorrow, no more tears, no more sickness, no more disease. Only joy in the presence of God. So I'm going to walk by faith every day. I'm not going to abuse the grace of God. I'm going to repent every single day. I want to stop evil things in my life. I don't want to get involved with any evil. Because I don't want to miss heaven on that day. I don't want God to shut the door on me and say, Oh, yeah, you are the pastor. But I'm sorry. You cannot get in. I want to go to heaven. I need to repent every day. John 3, 1 to 6. Now, the solution. 
and they will end the sermon. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, "Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him." Jesus answered and said to him, "Most actually, I say to you." Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, "How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born?" Jesus answered, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh." And that is which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse 18. He who believes in him, in Jesus, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. My dear brother and sister, after Jesus died on the cross, people don't go to hell because they sin against God. Listen carefully. People go to hell not because they sin against God, because Jesus already took the sin of everybody on His body. He paid the price of sin for everybody. The reason people go to hell is that they rejected Jesus. Are you with me? I still sin sometimes. I'm not God. Sometimes I get mad. I got upset with somebody. I don't want to forgive them for a few days, and then I repent of a few days later. I sin for a few days of unforgiveness, but I don't go to hell because I repent. Because Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, He took my sin already. But I need to repent. But if one day Pastor Lau totally reject Jesus and start to walk in loose life and say I don't care. Jesus is my savior, but he's not my lord. He can tell me whatever he want, but I'm not going to do it. Salvation come when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is your lord. What is the meaning lord? Greek language, kurios, mean lord. Lord mean the owner of your life. Truly born again Christian, believe in Jesus. Accept him as their Lord. He said, "Turn right, turn right." He said, "Turn left, I turn left." If he said, "Don't do that," I stop. I am your servant. You are my Lord. If you live like that, I guarantee, and the Bible guarantees, you will make it to heaven. If you treat him just To find a job for you, find a boyfriend for you, he is just your savior, but he's not your lord. You may not make it. He must be your lord. Amen. It's good reminding this message to get right with God, to live the right kind of life. Amen. How many people want to be sure you're born again? Can we pray together? Can we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart 
Nothing wrong to pray this one thousand times. Not gonna lose anything, but be sure that we're gonna go to heaven. Okay, let's pray the prayer of born again together with me too. I'm gonna pray too. Father in heaven, I want to be truly born again. O oh Lord, the just shall live by faith, not only by grace. Therefore, I come to you by faith right now. I believe you are my Creator, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, your Son. Is my Savior and my Lord. I surrender to you, Jesus, and I repent of my sin, the past sins, the current sins, and the future sins. I will turn away from my wrong way. I will turn away from my verbal sin, my attitude sin, my evil deeds, wrong deeds. Oh Lord, please put my name in the Lamb's books of life. I am born again. Help me, Lord, to keep walking by faith. And by obedience, and have the right work on earth here. I know, Lord, one day I will stand before Your judgment seat. On that day, I believe You open the door of heaven for me. I'm willing. To go through the narrow gate, to enter into the kingdom of God, I want to be counted with a few. I don't want to go through wide gate. I don't want to join those many people. Help me, Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, to repent of my sins every day. Thank you, Lord, for granting repentance to my heart. Thank you, Lord. I have the second chance. I have the forgiveness, the restoration. Jesus. I loved you. You are my Lord. Thank you in your name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.